Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast, taking the cod of humour, dipping it in the batter of chuckles, and then deep frying it in the hot oil of the net. That was the voice of Ed Gamble. My name is James Acaster. We own a dream restaurant and we're inviting in a guest every single week. And we're asking them their favourite ever, starter, main course, dessert, side dish and drink, not in that order. And this week our guest is... Professor Professor Brian Brian Cox. Cox. You got to say the professor bit, man. Otherwise, they think it's the guy of succession. Yeah, it's Professor Brian Cox. Yeah, Prof Brian Cox. Well, that's who you thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's why I. Was that's why you've been, shout- you've been shouting "fuck off" all morning, haven't you? Yeah, I was like, everyone told me I was being rude. I was like, come on, I, clearly everyone else isn't a fan. Yeah, <laughs> I know what's going on. No, it's the Professor Brian Cox. Yes. Uh, oh, what? I mean, first, first scientist we've had on. First scientist we've had on. No, no, very, we're, very we're clever enough to have a scientist on the podcast. I think. Look, I reckon scientists appreciate inquisitive minds. Yes. I think we just go into this fully. You know, we just be inquisitive. We've got a lot of questions. Yeah, um, yeah. Professor Brian Cox is on tour. He's going to be chatting about that a little bit. He is doing an arena tour, James. Yes, BrianCoxLive.co.uk for tickets. It's very exciting. It's a world arena tour. He's a all over the world. Arena tour. I mean, I'm looking here, Brighton, London, O2 Arena. Wow. Edinburgh, Cardiff Motor Point, Dublin Free Arena. It's an arena tour the likes of which we can't even imagine. The universe is infinite and so is that tour. Yeah, but don't think that there are infinite tickets available. No, you need to get snap up your tickets quickly. Very excited to speak to Professor Brian Cox, but of course, if he picks a secret ingredient which we have agreed upon, he will be removed from the restaurant. Sorry. We're turning off the gravity and kicking him out. This week, the secret ingredient is... Space, Space Raiders. Raiders. Space Raiders. Hey, we were spoilt for choice this week when it came to you know foods that we could associate with Brian Cox. Yeah, and, Milky and, Way, and the universe. Milky, Milky Way, Way, Mars, Galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Star Bar. Mini Eggs. What? Huh? Uh, there's a lot. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you really do realise when you sit down and think about it how many uh, chocolate bars are named after yeah, the planets and yeah. the solar... I don't know why that is. No, weird. Also, Cox Pippin. Yep, Cox I, Pippin. I suggested. We've gone with Space Raiders, which is a doubler for me because I hate Space Raiders. Wow. I hate any corn-based crisp posers. Uh-huh, interesting. Hate it. Interesting. I like them. Yeah, of uh, Also, recently... What? Yeah, because what? Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Recently, I watched. Um, you ever, ever watched Snack Wars on YouTube? Yeah, I've watched Snack Wars. On YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, yeah. when they get people to try like yeah. British snacks versus American snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Carell did it. Yeah, he chose Space Raiders as his favourite of the whole. Shoot. Did he? Yeah, but he called them Martian crisps. <laughs> Couldn't remember the name. That's funny. So he said, "I liked the Martian crisps." Yeah, per- well, it's the perfect secret ingredient for Professor Brian Cox. Yeah, yeah, perfect. But hopefully he doesn't pick them because we'd love to chat to him and pick his brain. Yep, we're going to come out of this wiser and cleverer. Yes. I'm on tour, Ed Gamble Electric, doing the Edinburgh Fringe in August and also all over the country again from September. Check it out. Big shows in London, Manchester, Dublin, Belfast, Glasgow, but many, many more besides. And you can buy James Acaster's Guide to Quitting Social Media, Being the Best You You Can Be and Curing Yourself of Loneliness, Volume 1. Wherever you get your books or pre-order. I don't know when this is going out. But now this is the off-menu menu of Professor Brian, Brian Cox. Professor, Professor Brian Cox. Welcome, Brian, to the Dream Restaurant. It's a pleasure to be here. Welcome, Brian Cox, to the Dream Restaurant. We've been expecting you for some time. Here we are. Yeah, I'm not sure about the decor, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah? Can we start with that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about it. The thing is, look, you've seen the wonders of space, Brian, uh, and a genie just exploded in front of you, and you were like, give us a second, I want to talk about the decor. Yeah, yeah well, I, you know, I thought, you know, they'd have made an effort. You know, like you said, <laughs> sure. maybe a view of a galaxy or something like that. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, look, this is, your, this is your dream restaurant. If uh, you want us to pop in a view of the galaxy, yeah. you're most welcome. It should be like a Star Trek holodeck. Oh, I want to be in space, surrounded by galaxies. That's what I think. So no visible furniture of any kind. That could be invisible. That, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Invisible table. Oh, yeah. that'd be to, yeah, oh, so yeah, it's difficult. You've got to just like, judge where the edge is. Yeah, you've got to make a judgment. There is an edge to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the universe, we're not sure. Oh, yeah, to the universe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the table. Uh, <laughs> we know there's an edge to the table. The universe right? may be infinite. Don't, don't tell me, Brian, that tables are infinite. You're going to blow my mind too early in the podcast. Well, yeah, that, the universe, arguably, you could consider it as an infinite four dimensional table. Yeah. That's the good point. Although one of the that. dimensions would be time. Right, sure. But. Well, I'm trying to keep up with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it? Does it? Do, sometimes do, do you lie there at night and do you think like, oh, I'm really gutted. I'm never going to know for sure. No, the opposite. The, you love it. Being a scientist is if you do research, then yeah. the idea is you're excited by not knowing. It's kind of an obvious statement in a way. But I know that there, I think there are two types of people. There's there's one sort of person that really wants to know. And actually then make stuff up, which is, you know, because they say, well, I think we don't even yeah. know the universe began. Right? We, we don't even know if the universe had a beginning. Mm-hmm. We know there was this thing called the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago. Mm-hmm. But the, the answer is, was that the beginning of everything is we don't know. Yeah. Now, that's either exciting or terrifying <laughs> yeah. or, or, or you can make something up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But the, the you know, scientists, I think, are people who just think, well, I'm excited that there's something that I don't know and mm-hmm. therefore I'll try and find out. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. So do, do you feel that way about genies as well? Like, you know, with genies like me, you know, I, I can make any food 
get any food from any point in your life, make you your dream meal. From wherever is you it, want in the universe. Is it exciting for you that, like, you can never understand genie law and what makes me so magic? Yeah, I, I think you violate the second law of thermodynamics, which <laughs> is one of the most fundamental physical laws. So I actually don't accept that you exist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, but it's going to make it a very tricky episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the second law of thermodynamics is the thing that says that everything tends to get more disordered. Oh. So, so it's my, my, you know, I don't even know, but I was in a band called The Ream yes. years ago, and uh, we had a song called Things Can I Get Better, and yeah. that, that's wrong. Uh-huh. It's, it's the opposite of that. So the second law of thermodynamics is things can only get worse. Is that why you stopped doing music? Because you didn't yeah. agree with the titles? Yeah, I was deeply. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, I found out it was a terrible error. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, I, I would not have now, yeah. you know, my integrity would prevent me from <laughs> playing on or being involved in that song. <laughs> I love the band, actually. I, Peter Cullen is probably listening, so I'm just... I'm joking, Peter, of course. I, I do Peter, love the band. I'm, so, I'm trying to remember, because getting onto the subject of food from D-Ream, I'm trying to remember if it was on Shooting Stars or... No, not Shooting Stars. Either, actually, do you know what I think it was? I think it was... Have you ever been in a sketch with Trev and Simon? No. Oh, what was it? <laughs> there was something that I saw with you on it, right. and someone was saying, I've made you a... C-Ream cake. No, do you know what? It wasn't even that. It was D-Ream on oh, Live and Kicking. No, you And Trevor right. and Simon had made them right. a C-Ream cake. I, I think, a cream cake. You know, cake. we did so many yeah, of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did so many of those strange breakfast programmes and kids programmes. Yeah. yeah. And it was the early 90s. So, yeah, I don't... I think Trevor and Simon ago. made you a C-Ream cake. Yeah. And I thought well, it was really right. funny yeah. I mean, yeah. as a kid. I think yeah. I think the majority of comedians our age, uh, the first time we really laughed was at uh, Trevor and Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah very funny. <laughs> and this is what's happened straight away. You're talking about the uh, the infinite nature of the universe, and we've immediately shifted the conversation to Trevor and Simon. <laughs> well, imagine though. I mean, so the universe did produce them. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the great. It's a, it's a one of the great mysteries. <laughs> Not only them, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Things as like, complex as humans. If there's anything in life that irks you or vexes you, um, it's just quite nice to put it in that context of, well, the universe produced this and uh, and then everything seems wondrous again. It's one of the great mysteries. Yeah, I mean, It's a good question on how many planets did collections of atoms come together to to think and do the things that we do and eat and make food and do comedy and all those things. Yeah. And uh, the answer might be on very few. Because yeah. there, there are 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. There are two trillion galaxies in the observable universe. And it's a, a reasonable assumption that there might be very few civilizations, maybe one per galaxy on average. In fact, a friend of mine, great physicist Sean Carroll, I asked him that the other the other week on our Infinite Monkey Cage. I'll plug that as well because, you know, yeah. there you go, it's the BBC. <laughs> um, and uh, he said, on average, he thinks there are no civilizations per galaxy. Wow. On the average, none. So it could be just us. Imagine if it in is. In the Milky Way galaxy. That would be mad. But but it's all mad, right? Imagine if it is just us, mad. Imagine if there is other ones out there. That's mad. Yeah. To think another planet out there who we're knocking about. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke said that. The great Arthur C. Clarke, who, you know, co-wrote 2001. Yeah. And he said there, there's only two options. Either we're alone or we're not. And each one of those is terrifying. Yeah. You're like Arthur C. Clarke. I'm yeah. like Arthur C. Clarke. I mean, imagine... Imagine if the other planets don't have the Beatles. Well, we're, the, we're the one that's got the Beatles. That's pretty cool. Imagine if we didn't have the Beatles. I've just had an idea for a film. Benito, write it down. <laughs> but yeah, put it in. Everyone forgets the Beatles. I've got Danny's number. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, you said you're 
you're doing a plug for Infinite Monkey Cage, but also uh, we want people to know about your brand new Arena World Tour as well. That's true. That's actually the reason I'm here, isn't it? I always get yeah. confused and never plug the thing I'm supposed sure. to. <laughs> but yes, uh, we just finished actually in the States. So I did um, two and a half months, came back last week. Wow. Uh, and uh, that was 50 shows or something in the US and Canada. So we're well, we're rehearsed now. I mean, for most people, a world tour is pretty massive. To you, it must seem relatively small. <laughs> it's limited <laughs> in scope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, are, there are 20 billion potentially Earth-like planets in the Milky Way. Yeah. So there's plenty of room <laughs> to get out there and do some more But gigs. it takes so long to do this one. I mean, you've yeah. been two and a half months just in one country. You must be like, oh, God, I hope yeah. they don't open any venues on planets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's going to go on. It's going on until at least March next year as well. Wow. So at least... Does the tour change a lot as you're doing it? It's going to change because there's a telescope called the Webb Space Telescope, which is up there. You might have seen it unfurl. It was just this incredible thing that was launched. And then the, the big mirror unfurled. It's the, the successes of the Hubble Space Telescope, mm -hmm. the most powerful thing we've ever put into space. And the images from that are going to be released next week, the first images. And I heard through my little science back channel things that they're at spectacular. So I'm going to have to put those in because part yeah. of the show is – Huge LED screens in the in, in the big arenas. It's I think it's thirty meters by ten meters or something of LED, and so you can put those images of the universe onto those screens, and you never see them like that. And wow. and I'm so I'm told that these images are going to be brilliant, so they'll be in there. So I did wow. I did that last time. We were about um last time we were on tour, the first ever image of a black hole was released, which is an astonishing thing. There's a galaxy called M87, fifty-five million light years away. Uh -huh as a black hole, supermassive black hole in the centre, six billion times the mass of the sun. Imagine that. It's a black hole six billion times more massive than our sun, into which you can fit a million Earths inside the sun. And so you yeah, six billion of those squashed into something that's essentially nothing, inside of which is the end of time, by the way. So black holes, there's a lot of black holes in the show. Yeah. But that image, we got an image of the thing. Sometimes space stuff sounds like a kid's made it up. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. six billion. Yeah, six billion. Who's throwing numbers like them. that around? Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Six thousand million times more <laughs> massive than our sun. I mean, the 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 region that surrounds it is called the event horizon. If you uh -huh. go in there, you can't get out, and that's about twice the size of our solar system, just a bit bigger. So there's a region around this thing, two times or three times the damage of our entire solar system, out to the orbit of Pluto. From which, if you go in, you can't escape. Sometimes I, I don't get 10,000 steps in. Yeah. Also, I can't... I, can't, <laughs> I mean, I can't even comprehend. You go in there and then you'll get to the end of time. What? <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's What's the end of the, the, What? What's it's the a weird thing about black holes. When, when you go across the event horizon of a black hole, yeah. then space and time swap around. And so the thing that used to be, you say, it's a place, it's the centre of the black hole, uh -huh. that becomes like tomorrow... So the reason you can't get out, one way to think about it, is if I said to you, now, let's run away from the weekend. Yes. You go, the no, musician. I can't run away from the weekend. Yeah. Which direction is that? Yeah. The, the weekend is in your future and it's coming. Well, in the black hole, the end of time is in your future and it's coming. And there's nothing you can do about it. Still a sparkling water is how we always like to start the, uh, the Actually, meal. That, this one, the restaurant, so I'm going to change it. Well, I yeah. think we should be inside the event horizon of a black hole. But would you be there for, forever then, or is that no. not a concept that's... No, inside the big one, the M87 one that I just spoke about, you, I yeah. think you've got about 35 hours. So we, we'd, we'd have about 35 hours. We'd mm -hmm. just be sitting here eating and drinking and drinking the water. Yeah. Sparkling, by the way, I love. Yeah. And then, and then uh, and time would end. On the M87. So what, on the, on the hard shoulder? 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> Messier. The Messier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but smaller ones, you get much less time. So really? you're better. If, you go, if we're going to go in yeah. and have dinner, then we go into a big one. And not, not but there's uh, 35 yeah. hours and then it's, and then it's the and end then of the time. Then time ends. Just time. literally time ends. Seriously. And then what happens to us then? Yes. We don't know. So Stephen Hawking in 1974 published a very famous paper which showed that black holes evaporate. It's called Hawking radiation. Mm. By the way, the equation is chiselled in stone on the floor of Westminster Abbey because it's oh, wow. so important. And um, that led to something called the black hole information paradox, which I talk about in the show. And ultimately, it turns out that we now think that everything that falls in ultimately comes out again, uh-huh. which is very weird because I just said nothing can escape and time ends. Right. But the black, the black hole evaporates away. And our essence, right? So you're a genie, so yes. you'd, you would be imprinted in the Hawking radiation. And in principle, you could put everything to a quantum computer in the far future and reconstruct everything, we think, which is very weird. Reconstruct it all like, again? Yeah, almost Matrix-like. Would we have the same consciousness? Yeah, I think that's that. That in principle, yeah. I mean, in, in practice, it's impossible. Yeah. But yeah, so the oh. so the answer to the question, what happens is, we think probably you, you you end up you end up your all your bits, all the bits of information that are you get scrambled, and somehow imprinted into this radiation in the far future. And do you want a, like a wedge of lemon in it or anything? Yeah, yeah. In the what in the sparkling water? Yeah, yeah not yeah. in the black hole. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd have, to, you'd have to send it in. So now what, what we have to close. do now is throw. We're inside the black hole eating. Yeah. So you have to throw everything in. Into the, all the food. Into the black hole. It crosses the event horizon. Yeah. Then we take it. And ultimately, presumably, it would come out at some point in the far future, scrambled and imprinted into the Hawking radiation. And, and then, then we could finish. And then we could finish it all. <laughs> eat, it, eat it again. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Good idea for a restaurant. Yeah, it got to wait a while. Yeah. All the food comes out when it's ready. So it all comes out at different times. Just so you know. Space Wagamamas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Space Wagamamas, man. That's it. Chisel that on the floor of Westminster Abbey. Space Wagamamas. All food comes out when it's ready. It'd be called Hawking's Deli or something, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should name it after Stephen. <laughs> so, Arden, where, are we in the black hole or the event horizon? We're inside now. I think we're, we're inside. We're inside it now. Yeah. And how long have we got for the meal? Well, as I said, probably 35 hours. We're going to choose. If we chose the Milky Way one, the Milky Way black hole is a lot smaller. Okay. It's only 4 million times the mass of the sun. Tiny. uh, We'd have a lot less time in there. Have we chucked anything into that? Uh, the Milky Way does. Things fall in. Have we lobbed anything in there? We we haven't. No, I think we're in M87 because I would prefer 35 hours to... uh... Sure. Well, we could do the... I'm not going to do live mathematics. Oh, hang on. Six billion divided by four million, whatever. Eight. <laughs> about that. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, about, it's there or thereabouts. It's about a thousand. It's about a thousand-ish. Yeah. I think it's about a thousand times less. It'd be a thousand times less than 35 hours, I think. Although now we'll get letters because I haven't entirely thought that through. Oh, I'm no, guessing no. Oh, it's do something. Not like... Our listeners are thick as shit. <laughs> I, I there'll do be, not there'll agree. be no letters. Well, they've, no, if, if, they've already gone. If, yeah. they, if they are, they've sure. they, they, turned off. Yeah, <laughs> they've yeah, erased yeah. it and gone to the next one. Yeah. What's the? What's the? You won't say. What's the dumbest one you've done? Uh, the, the, the stupidest episode we've ever done. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to choose from. We always drag it down. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, we're a constant. You know, yeah, 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 we're always there. <laughs> they've so, gone um, to that one. 
<laughs> yeah, whoever enabled that the most. I'll let you know uh, my level of intelligence. Ever since you said supermassive black hole, I've been thinking, that's a Muse song. It's a Muse song, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. So he, 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 here's the saddest thing. When you said supermassive black hole, in unison, Ed and I went, Muse? Yeah. <laughs> that's a song by Muse. We didn't name those things after the Muse song, though. No, right. no. They were, it's the other way around. Oh, okay. They, yeah, they okay. took it from... Interesting. Interesting, because Muse have a lot of space-themed stuff, and yeah, I would have thought do. that would have inspired you guys. It's, it's not been around. The, the term, actually, it was coined by some history... Uh, John Wheeler, very famous physicist, in the 1960s. Mm. So the term black hole, describing those collapsed stars, yeah. centres of galaxies, has only been around since the 60s. But a supermassive black hole... It sounds like not a proper scientist came up with that. Well, it sounds thing. like another kid thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Super, super massive. Super massive black hole. Go, okay, we'll let that... Like a scientist let their kid name it for the day. Like going, come yeah. on, you can name this like, one. Like Pluto. Pluto was named by... I think it was a competition. Really? And it was, yeah, I think she was about 12 years old. I can't remember her name now, but I think it was a 12-year-old that named it Pluto. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know that. In the 19... 19- That's funny. <laughs> Tom, I can't remember. That like kid must have been gutted up, well, it went, got declassified <laughs> as a planet. And, uh, 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 as an adult. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My one claim to fame. Not a planet anymore? Still not a planet? No, it got, back the, in the crew? it's because there are lots of things that big mm. out there that we've discovered since out there in the far reaches of the solar system. So if you admit Pluto, then you end up with another 20, 30, 40, huge, huge number of them. Fair enough. Problems or bread? Problems or bread, Brian Cox? Problems or bread? Uh, Poppadoms. Now, because we've been talking a lot about planets and stuff. Is there a reason why you've chosen Poppadoms? No, I just... It's related to space? The, 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 it's no deeper than I just fancied a Poppadom. Wow, yeah. Hang on, what reason were you thinking? Well, I'm thinking, like, if I think about the shape of a Poppadom, I think, like, oh, yeah, you're like, the orbiting of planet, the, the circle, the circles and planets going around. And it looks they a bit are... like the surface of the moon, I guess. Yes, it does, actually. Yeah, they are flat. Like Saturn's rings. Flat. We could make a little hole in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And then it'd be a, a ring. Can you do it? That would be difficult, wouldn't it? <laughs> to to, make to them not all break it. They're very fragile, thing. yeah. Saturn's rings. Is Saturn gas planet? Yeah. See, Ed? Yeah. I told you before you t- Ed was saying it was solid. No, I never said that. When did I say that? He said that. He and said the rings are planet. mainly water, water ice. Oh, wow. Frozen water. And they're only about. A, meter thick or something like that. I just want you to know as well, Brian, that you don't need to... We're not forcing you to connect everything with space. If no, you just I fancy a poppadom, you can, you can have a poppadom. No, but I'm now, intru- yeah, I'm now interested in, in whether... This is a challenge to yeah. listeners, whether anyone can chisel yeah. the in, the inside out of a poppadom to make the poppadom into Saturn's rings, yeah. a model yeah. of Saturn's rings, without breaking it. Yeah, if, if you can do... If anyone can do that... Well, it'd be incredible. I said a photo in, then... Uh, yeah, yeah, we'd be pretty excited about that. I guess the only way to get a ring poppadom would be to the actual raw poppadom uh-huh. would be to cut the ring out then and then fry it. Yeah, and then you could have the ring poppadom. Pop an onion, then... pop an onion bargy in the middle. Oh, yeah, pop a bargy in. The yeah, middle. I'm going to do. I'm going to do a competition. Yeah, <laughs> Will Will sat outside. We'll have to deal with this now. Yeah. I reckon you're right. If someone can actually show, and I don't want it to be, I don't, I don't want it to be reconstructed. I want them to yes. actually cut the centre out of a poppadom without breaking the outside. Yes. If anyone can do that and send a video in of that, I will give them tickets to my my tour. Great. I think I will go two tickets Brilliant. to any gig in the UK. Brilliant. 
if someone can chisel out the inside of a poppadom without breaking the outside. I think you've just written one of the tasks from Series 2 of Squid Game. Uh, (laughs) Squid Game or Taskmaster, isn't it? One of the two. That is exciting. I hope that happens now when you end up with two people at a show because they cut the uh, centre out of a poppadom. I think you'd have to do it with a laser or something. You might end up with, I mean, probably the only people who have equipment to do this are scientists. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll end up with fellow scientists there. And they're not not listening to us. No? They might be listening to this episode because Brian's on. I wonder if any scientists ever listen to us. Way, man. No? Kidding me? You think none of our listeners have got a laser at home? They're not even trusted with a butter knife. That's true. I mean, my parents, my my my, my dad used to be a chemistry teacher, and uh, my mum's the one who listens to this podcast. <laughs> you could cool it down, couldn't you? Sort of, the pop it up. Yeah, sort of freeze it solid. Yeah, liquid nitrogen. But then would, would would that make make it more likely to? Well, in my head, really I'm picturing fresh. Terminator. So if we liquid nitrogen... I'm still thinking about Muse. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. We, if we liquid nitrogen in the poppadom, I thought it would just go... It would just crumble if you try and cut the yeah. middle out. That's probably true. Oh. It's probably true. Uh, you, you might have to liquid... Note that down. Helium it. I don't know. It's a good question. It's another good question, isn't it? Yeah. What happens if you liquid nitrogen in a poppadom? Does it... I mean, it obviously be brittle, but maybe it'd be easier to cut. Yeah. Or maybe you have to... Yeah, maybe you have to heat it up. Maybe you have to wet it. Maybe it's with, a case of scoring the poppadom as lightly as you can in the middle. Right before you then liquid nitrogen it, and then you could just punch the middle out where you've yeah. weakened it already. Punch it with your fist? No, just punch it like a hole punch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or that with your fist. Oh, or do it with a hole punch. Yeah. Get a hole yeah. punch long enough and just do a little hole. You didn't say how big the hole had to be. These are all options for you, listeners. <laughs> We're giving you ideas. Yeah. Man, a lot of people. I can't wait, really, to hear about the um, responsibilities that people neglect in order to try and do this. <laughs> when, 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 when they get they get so absorbed with getting the hole in the poppadom that yeah. there are several things they should have done that they yeah. don't do. <laughs> what would you like for your starter, your dream starter? Well, I thought about this, uh, and I, I thought, I mean, I could just say my favourite food, couldn't I? Or I could say, following the Martian, what? I want potatoes <laughs> that I grew in my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> on, oh, yeah. on the surface of Mars, what because I thought of? that might be interesting. Because yeah. you know, because then I would have to go to Mars, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't like to do unless you you can arrange it. Because you're a genie, yes. so we could go instantly to Mars. Yeah, plant the potatoes. Yeah. Well, actually, we if we don't even need to use our own shit, then do we? I suppose we could actually take. But that's what he did. Personalize it. He yeah. did. Yeah. So maybe we have to do that. Yeah. To, yeah. So yeah. So I think that would be a, an interesting starter, and then make them into chips. And have so, chips and take some mayonnaise yeah. or curry sauce because I'm from Oldham, so it'd probably it'd be curry sauce actually, wouldn't it? You like the curry sauce, from chips and curry sauce. But the chips have to be made from potatoes grown on in, Mars in your own I mean, shit. In your own shit. Thanks for <laughs> right. the question. What's the curry sauce made? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I was eating, you know, if you offered me a bowl of your shit chips and then the curry sauce, I'd be like, I'd hold the sauce. <laughs> I think, even though I know it's curry sauce, yeah. I can't, I need to get it out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm already <laughs> okay. trying not to think of the fact you grew the, the chips <laughs> yeah. in your own shit. That's, the curry sauce isn't helping that. <laughs> well, mayonnaise is real problem. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you're existing on Mars on a diet of the very thing you're feeding me, if yeah. I'm like, if he's eating curry sauce all the time, <laughs> his shits must be awful, and then he's, he's growing the potatoes in them. There's actually no condiment that wouldn't make me feel ill in that situation. Sure. No, I think I like the, the eating the curry. It's kind of a recycling thing, <laughs> it isn't it? It is a constant. Would it impart flavour into the potato itself? Would the flesh of the potato yeah. then have a curry tang? Yeah, it would have a curry tang. It must do, mustn't it? Because you do things like, you know, lavender honey or something. Mm-hmm. Because the 
these <laughs> go to like so, so whatever yeah, i'm not sure those eat. are equatable <laughs> oh, no, because, <laughs> because they kind of go and eat the yeah. stuff and the lavender flavor goes into the honey so i, I assume whatever yeah. you grow it in if there are any farmers listening <laughs> yeah i assume whatever you grow it in somehow the flavor is yeah it feels a bit the thing. human centipede in a way mm. eating the shit and shit well, two different shit. two different opinions it's a bit like bees <laughs> with lavender honey and it's a bit like the human centipede both interested in insects yeah I'm not going to get told. Oh, that no, that, get, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, go on. I, I I'm not very good at biology, but one of them's not an insect. Is it an sure, insect? Or both? Oh, I'm, I'm probably both of them aren't insects. Bees, it's not, is it? Centipedes? Oh, no. no, I'm going to I'm going to get in real trouble. <laughs> I always get it's a legume. It? <laughs> it's a legume. <laughs> the potatoes you're eating is it that I'm taking you to Mars? You're growing them using your own shit, or is it that we go to Mars? <laughs> uh, the Martian Mars, yeah. and Matt Damon's made them for us in his shit because I would want to eat. With all due respect, Brian. I would want to eat those. Um, I would want to try Matt Damon's potatoes that he's got in his own You prefer his? Yes. I don't I think with all due respect covers what you just said there. Why? Why don't you want to eat Brian's shit potatoes? Because he wants a Hollywood, Hollywood yeah. shit. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like imagining Matt Damon up there in his spacesuit and he's made him in his own shit. Why? <laughs> this, is, this is getting really weird now. So yeah. you want to imagine... <laughs> Matt Damon's an actor. Mm. So I can yeah. imagine him in any role and I can believe him as an astronaut. And uh, I think I just see Brian Cox. And I'm like, that's just Brian Cox. So he's a dump on a potato. <laughs> so no, you wouldn't. Be, because you've got to grow them. So you wouldn't be. Yes. You, don't, you, don't dump, you don't do a dump on the potato. No, that, 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 that defeats well, the that object of the fertilizer, doesn't it? You don't put the fertilizer on something after it's grown. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That, is that what you're imagining? Yeah, you yeah, see, that, gets a big pod <laughs> See, this is why you're getting confused. It's a lack of basic agricultural <laughs> yeah. knowledge now, isn't it? Because why would you fertilise something that's already grown? Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> flavour. <laughs> well, the, yeah, and th this is why it's Never should it. causing You'd a problem because it well, it's not you? for the flavour. Wash it after. Yeah, yeah. I hope you would it, wash it. Fertilizer's not. Added for flavour. No, no. That's the thing. Brian, the by the way, point. what you just did there happens every episode where you looked at me and with your eyes you said, help me, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> help me out here, mate. I can't understand yeah. what this guy's People on about. People who aren't even scientists that come on and look to Ed like, I really need your help here, communicating with this but guy. It's funny because the, the whole strange conversation of the last 10 minutes now makes sense. Yes. Because he's not been thinking of the, the shit as fertiliser. He's yeah. thinking it as a garnish. Yeah. <laughs> that's why... That's why <laughs> it's all gone strange. I think it's an interesting idea for a starter. Chips are good. Yeah. Chip, chips. I'm trying to think of a word for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Chips. Um, I like it. And they're all, it's all your own shit, just to be clear. Not Matt Damon's. Or a mixture. And see if people can tell the difference. <laughs> I don't think it matters. He, mm. he, did, he, was a, he did a mixture, though, didn't he? Do you remember in the film? Oh, does he? Because he used all the other. Everyone else's shit. Yeah, yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Well, no, they weren't dead, they. Were they? Have you seen it? it was years ago when it came they didn't out. Die. They, they didn't die. They, all, they left him on what? the surface. Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Great starter. Great starter. The, the chips. <laughs> Your dream main course. So, when I was growing up, my favourite meal was uh, steak and kidney pudding. Chips, peas, and gravy from yeah. Haggit Chippy in Oldham. Yeah. Where every Saturday we used to go and have steak and pudding, chips, peas, and gravy. 
So I would go, if I was going back to my childhood, I would say I'd go to the chip shop. Lovely. Just at the rear of my house and have that. That sounds delicious. I love a steak and kidney pudding. Yeah. yeah. Nice and moist. A lot, a lot of gravy. In it. I, the, yeah. I've, I've had dry ones in the past and it scarred me and I've been upset. But like no, the, it's the, the ones in foil, you, you want know, it, in, yeah. in tin foil that mm. they, they boil or steam right. in a big pan at the chip shop. So that's what I would do. What was it like growing up in Oldham? Oh, it was a brilliant time. Lovely. It was a great place to grow up. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's sort of, it's in the country, Oldham. Mm-hmm. It's surrounded by the Pennines. And at the time, then when I was a bit older, we had a brilliant football team. Because mm-hmm. Oldham Athletic yeah. had a season ticket to Oldham Athletic. And they were founder members of the Premier League. And now got relegated out of the league. Really? Last year. Yeah. If they keep getting relegated, do they get to the end of time? <laughs> I wonder what the lowest level of football is that you could possibly... You're right. Do they have to play in like a schools league or something? I don't know where you could go to. Do you watch them still? Do you support them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not in Oldham anymore. Uh-huh. But yeah, I do. Do you want the whole meal for your uh, for your main? Do you want the chips as well? And you know what I'm going to ask. What sort of chips are they? No, they're just they chips, chips from the chipping you know? Or normal chips? No, they're, they're not. We've left Mars. Right. Okay. So do you want to compare the chips so that you'll have the chips still and you've got your chips from the chippy and you want to compare I them just, to I've see... just realised that I've got this starter, the starter's chips. Yes. Yeah. And then, the yeah. Yeah. Then I've got chips again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I could I could go... The other thing we used to do it was, was half chips, half rice and curry sauce. Wow. So we, we graduated to that. What I would also yeah. say is you've picked a steak and kidney pudding, which is probably the worst thing you could eat after you've eaten something that you've grown with your own shit. Maybe we'll revisit. All right, we'll have smoked salmon to start. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, so, well, change, I'm going to reverse that. No, you're right. The chips. No, so no, gonna, no, you're forget on all the Mars. Forget all the Mars thing. That salmon. You can't shit on a salmon, man. I've just changed, I've changed my mind. There, this is a good restaurant. Now I'm imagining the salmon trying to make it up the water to its birthplace again to lay its eggs, and you're shitting on it. You're at the top of the waterfall, dropping some nugs down, <laughs> and, it's, it, it, and it's, it, it's avoiding them in, in the street. Whoa! Whoa. Is this is hard Ma- enough. No, you see, because we can go back in time. Mars, yeah. about three and a half to four billion years ago, had rivers. Oh, and actually, there's a rover at the moment called the Perseverance rover, which mm-hmm. is in a crater called Jezero Crater. And there's a river delta there, and it was a, a lake, a lake bed. And it's currently digging down in the river delta, searching for signs that life existed on Mars. And those samples are going to be brought back to Earth. So we could, because you're a genie, we could go back to Jezero Crater three and a half, four billion years ago. And there would be rivers flowing in there. And so we could take the salmon with us, put them in the rivers of Mars, and then we could eat Martian salmon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Martian salmon is the starter. Right. So we've reversed. So we're going Martian smoked salmon. Yes. That's nice. Then I can have pudding chips, peas, and gravy. And, but you afterwards. want the chips? In no, the this. chips now are just normal chips. That's normal chips. So, so now, we, we reverse. I've reversed out of my plan. Yes. Is is your shit involved in the menu at all? No, no, okay. no it's gone now. So okay. we, we, this is good. So we're making pro- <laughs> <laughs> So it's Martian smoked salmon. Yeah. How would you like it to be smoked? Is there any way we can bring Mars into the smoking process? That's a good and question. Smoke on any of the there probably wasn't oxygen in the atmosphere at that point so you couldn't burn anything mm. to smoke it you've hit on a problem well we'd have to bring the salmon back well we could smoke it in the restaurant it's fox and grain the isn't got it? Oxygen in it yeah we've got stuff in the restaurant yeah yeah it's fox and grain what it's the fox and the grain in the chicken isn't it oh, you take the salmon there but yeah. then you have to bring it back and yeah but there's nothing else there yeah, yeah, you said that. Good, salmon. good point apart just, from yourself i mean you just you've got to take something somewhere is what i meant you've got, you got to not eat it yeah, you're in. Uh, now you've hit on another problem, of course, because now you've 
pointed out there wouldn't be any oxygen in the atmosphere. Yeah. Mm. Even if there was water on the surface, then what would the salmon breathe? So yeah, just the salmon die. wouldn't live. You'd just be thing. chucking a dead salmon in a stream. Well, it'd have could to... you give it like a, hel- a helmet, like a little suit? That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little breathing apparatus yeah. on it. Um, submarine. Yeah. <laughs> well, submarine doesn't need. No, submarine would be no use to it because it needs water. Uh, yeah, so fill the submarine with water. Inside a submarine. What? Fill the submarine with water. Yeah, fill it with water. Fill the submarine with water. Well, then why you need the submarine? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then put the submarine in the in, in the river of Mars, <laughs> and then the salmon can drive around in the submarine full of water. <laughs> why not just take the submarine away and give it the breathing apparatus, which was the first? All right, yeah, okay. Scuba, little scuba suit. Scuba suit. Yeah, scuba hard salmon. though because like I think it'd be quite hard for salmon to learn the sign language required for scuba. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> uh, 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 under the water and having to try and communicate, I think that's quite difficult for a sub. Tapping its watch. Yeah, yeah, doing that A-OK <laughs> yeah. sign and stuff. I think yeah. it's quite hard. It was little fins. It's got to use them to, <laughs> yeah. to go back to its birthplace anyway. We filmed with a mantis shrimp once, which is uh, this remarkable thing that has really, it has the best colour vision of virtually anything on the planet because it uses colours to signal to other mantis shrimps underwater and as you know because you you dive yeah yeah, then um then as you go down and down and down the color gets more washed out Uh uh-huh and so so it has a really sensitive vision in order to communicate using color oh wow so they're they're remarkable things there you go do you want one of those as well for starting yeah mantis shrimp cocktail yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good or a digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that <gasps> my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but yes. my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, 
there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Dream side dish, then. Well, maybe that's the shit potatoes. I think that's the shit potatoes. (laughs) No, no, we've got chips. You can't have a potato side with chips, can you? Well, you can if you want. You can prepare the shit potatoes in another way. And the mushy peas to side dish. So it's yeah, you can have that if you would like the mushy peas to side dish. Yeah, rare, they rarely come up. Yeah, rarely. And that's weird because I think mushy peas are the most Martian-looking food. They're very Martian-looking food. They're very they? Star Trek, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, from yeah. the sixties Star Trek. It's a green sludge yeah. <laughs> that people eat. Yeah, I mean they are nice. Yes, but when I used to work in a kitchen, if you've ever opened a cold uh, industrial-sized tin of mushy peas because uh, you work in a kitchen, the smell of that really puts you off them. Yeah, I can eat them now, but it's just because it's been twenty years. Yeah, but like you used to just like smell of a thousand guffs. You just open it, open it up, and it would hit you. And you're like, well, that just smells like someone's. That really does smell <laughs> yeah. like someone's. Yeah. Made you've never, their own you've shit. never had a plate of chips, mate. Yeah, yeah. If I had a plate of chips, I'm sure it tastes just as bad. I don't know how Matt Damon did it. Good actor. They do have them though in in sort of restaurants in London, and they're, they're, but they're called something else, aren't they? They're always called minted peas. Yeah, they? but they're still mushy peas. So who are they like kidding? A, I love a mushy pea. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. Would you rank it above the garden peas? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of garden peas. No? No. They're a boring vegetable. Yeah. I think, I think the uh, the mushy peas, when you get them from the chippy and they're in like a polystyrene yeah. cup with a little lid, mm-hmm. and you open, you open it up mm-hmm. and they're yeah. all just sat in there, sad, all nestled together. Yes. It's exciting. That's the side dish. Yeah. That. A polystyrene yeah. cup of mushy peas. Yeah. See, the polystyrene's put me off now. Squeak, Why? Squeaky. Oh, you don't like polystyrene? No, no. Too squeaky. That's too squeaky. No, thanks. Whatever's in there is not worth it. I don't know. What would you have yours in then? Hmm. Good question. (laughs) I would probably like mine in a thermos. A thermos flask? Yeah. But they can squeak when you take the top off. No, 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 no. Not not the same way that polystyrene does. I'd unscrew it. There'd be the exact temperature that I wanted. And then I'd either pour it onto my plate or I'd glug it out the flask. I I don't think mushy peas are the right consistency to pour or glug. What? How do you I feel about that, Brian? Do you, do you think I you could think, glug mushy peas? I think you I need to spoon them out, really, don't you? Yeah, I don't think you could glug mushy peas. No. There, there's another challenge. I think they'd move fast enough. Some of them are different consistency, though, aren't they? Yeah. It is, it, yeah. it is true. So you could have more liquid kind of mushy peas. You yeah, know when you see astronauts, like, they're showing off when they, like, squeeze their food in the air and then chase it around and catch it with their mouth? Brilliant. And they, that is showing off, I love isn't it? When they do that. Um, mushy peas are that consistency all the time, I think. They feel oh, yeah. like they could float away and you could chase them. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in zero in gravity and eaten food? I and, have been and, in zero gravity and, and, and like chased a Malteser. Uh, yeah, we we did a zero G flight, yeah. which was just we were supposed to be filming, we were supposed to be professional, and I was supposed to be talking about Einstein. Einstein's great insight that led him—he called it the happiest thought of his life—that yeah. led him to general relativity in 1915 was to realise that when you're falling, gravity has gone away; it's not there at all, which is completely different to Newton. Right, uh-huh. the, so, so the reason Einstein would say that astronauts float inside the space station, he said if they 
get some water or some mushy peas, or whatever it is, it just stays there, is because there are no forces acting on anything. Everything just stays where it is, which is a tr completely different view of gravity. And so Einstein, he called that the happiest thought of his life. So we were supposed to be doing that. Okay. So we were filming. But the point is, when you go into zero G, you just laugh because it's so it's so incredible. Yeah. Suddenly you're weightless and just yeah. floating around like an astronaut. So the whole sequence that we filmed, it's in one of my films, you know, that I made yeah. years ago. But it's just basically spinning around <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> and then the camera's spinning around because the cameraman's spinning around. And everyone's just... The, the absolutely nonsense that have no educational value at all because I, I i had this romantic idea that i would explain einstein's general theory of relativity you only get about 30 seconds or so of weightlessness yeah. and then the plane has to go back up again and you get another 30 seconds another 30 seconds so i had it all planned out i had these 30 seconds little bits and i would film and it would be a very coherent explanation of this beautiful theory and but it wasn't it was just like the was just pissing around basically <laughs> in zero g <laughs> It's a wonderful thing to do. It's incredible. Einstein's legend? He's a legend. Fair to say? Yeah. OG. The OG scientist. No. Huh? Probably not the OG scientist. Yeah, yeah. There's probably scientists before Einstein, weren't there, Brian? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But he's the OG. <laughs> Newton. Newton, Galileo. Like Galileo. But like Einstein, number one. It's, hard, it's difficult, you know. It's difficult to, to rank these people. Mm. Newton was clearly a genius. An apple fell on his head, Brian. Yeah, and you know the... Um, know cool so Newton would have said that the apple fell on his head because there's a force between the apple and the earth. Right. So that, mm -hmm. was, that was his great insight, that's Newton's theory of gravity. Einstein would have said exactly the opposite. Einstein would have said, no, Isaac, you accelerated up to headbutt the apple. Wow. It's completely the opposite view. Because when the apple's falling off the tree, uh -huh. in, in Einstein's picture, the apple is it's just not... It's not moving in a real sense. It's not accelerating. It's just minding its own business. The thing that that's accelerating is the ground. It's a completely different. So the reason that the reason that everyone's listening now and we're sat on chairs, yeah. we're getting pressed into the chair. Newton would say because there's a force pulling us down uh -huh. towards the center of the earth. But Einstein would say that um, what's actually happening is our our trajectory through space should be towards the center of the earth. That would be just free fall. So we should be freely falling, and the ground's in the way, or the chair's in the way. So the chair's exerting a force on us that's stopping us. Oh, that one makes me feel weird. freely through space. The chair's and so we're accelerating. So, so you're being pressed into the chair in the same way you're pressed into the back of, a, the back of your car seat when you're accelerating your car. Then why isn't my face all pulled back? Well, now? it is. It sort of is. It's at 1G. Yeah, I hate to so, so you. Oh, no. So Einstein, Einstein, <laughs> oh, no. Einstein would say, in this room now, yeah. so it's called the equivalence principle. So he would say that if, if there's no windows in the room, basically you can't see out then you could not tell, there's nothing you can do to tell whether we're just accelerating with a big rocket at 1G through space or we're sat on the surface of the Earth. Exactly the same sensation. What's the happiest thought you've ever had? That's a good question. It's understanding something. I find that sometimes I'm quite slow to understand things. I'm writing a book at the moment on black holes. There's loads of black holes in the live show. And they're really difficult to understand. And so you can sit there, or I can sit there for months trying to understand something. And and it's that my happiest thoughts are when, when it suddenly becomes obvious. Uh -huh. it's, it's a strange sensation, actually, because it, it clearly isn't obvious because you, <laughs> so you sit there for months trying to understand it. But once you understand something or find your own way of understanding something, then it becomes obvious. And those are happy moments. Mm. I always say that to students, you know, that it, it, whether they're at school or at university, that some things are really hard to understand. 
And a lot of people, I think one of the problems people have when they say, I can't do maths or I can't do science, I, don't, I can't do physics, what that really is is just giving up too early. And you have to be persistent. And if you're persistent, there's a great reward at the end of it. So it's not, you don't have to be, you know, Einstein, I mean, even Einstein, there's a great story about Einstein when he was at a school and everyone's, you know, going, he's Einstein, you know. And he said, when, when I was your age, I was no Einstein, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> right? He didn't know that stuff when he was six years old, but he spent a lot of time thinking about it. Ed, same question to you. Oh, happiest thought. Yeah. Be honest. No, still thinking about me. Yeah. No, Ed. I don't think I think very often, you know. No? No. That's fair enough. <laughs> What's your happiest thought? Uh, ice cream or sex. Yeah. Uh, Brian, uh, your dream... That's not, that's not a thought. That's huh? a question. I think about it all the time. <laughs> Brian, uh, your <laughs> dream drink. Dream drink. I used to like Guinness a lot. But as I've got older, the number of drinks I can drink without getting headache mm-hmm. has reduced. <laughs> so... I'm pretty much reduced to uh, I, I I like white wine now actually. I really particularly like white wine and I it's, like champagne. It's another proof that things don't only get better. Yeah. 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 If I drink like two or three pints of Guinness now, I'm, that's it. It's not good. That's it. the closest drink to a black hole. Yeah. You say? That's why you love it. That's a good point. Yeah. The the the, yeah. Dar- the darkest drink. And if you drink three of them or more, time ceases to exist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So we got Guinness then because it's a good story. <laughs> there we go. I wish I sold it to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guinness. It's like, it's like drinking a black hole. Yeah. Oh, I love Guinness. If you could drink a black hole, that's my nicest thought. Oh yeah, it's drinking Guinness. A Guinness. Yeah. Oh, God, we found it. Yeah. And sex. Yes. <laughs> we love sex. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's really interesting you ask what's the dumbest episode, Brian, because we've been the dumbest we've ever been on this episode. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's balance, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's We're all about balance. Yeah. yeah. If we, if like I use my genie powers to get a black hole and make it into a drink, mm. would you drink it? I'm trying to think. See, the thing about a black hole. Yeah. So if it's what's called an eternal black hole, so one that's been around forever. Yeah. That's a technical point for the listeners that. Are, well versed in these things, uh-huh. eternal black hole. Then, let's say it was really small, so so it would fit in your mouth, right? A tiny little tiny black hole. You could all hold it in your hands, and if it's a spinning black hole called a Kerr black hole, you'll be holding an infinite number of infinite universes in your hand. So that it's called a Kerr Wonderland. Yeah. So so there is very very weird internal geometry, even in an eternal non-spinning black hole, which is called a Schwarzschild black hole. Then there is a wormhole in there connecting two universes. Right. So so the science fiction wormholes. Yeah. Einstein discovered them in 1935 with a colleague called Rosen, Einstein Rosen Bridge wormhole. So the inside black holes, if they've existed forever, is an infinite complexity of space time. So so that's what you'd be drinking. What so what, what, what would happen be, if you drank that? Yeah. What what do you think it would happen to you? But the thing about really very small black holes is that they're also very hot. Oh. So tiny microscopic black holes. So you'd have to blow on it. extremely hot and they evaporate away very quickly. So, well, no, that wouldn't help. It might make you feel better, but it would do nothing to the black hole. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to it. Uh, so it might be quite dangerous. It depends how big it was, how massive it was. Well, a pint. A pint of a black hole, so you'd I be in real to, trouble. Like, if it was it into a liquid yeah. pint. So if the event the horizon of the black hole yeah. was the same size as a pint glass, uh-huh. then it would be colossally massive right. that black hole it would be billions of tons so you wouldn't be able to lift the glass up straw you wouldn't be able to straw, straw. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know we're meant so, to be getting rid of those these days, but like, <laughs> yeah. give you a straw. It wouldn't help, would it? Wouldn't help at all. No. Because if you put the straw across the event horizon of the black hole, uh-huh. then you wouldn't be able to suck anything out of it. You'd have to suck faster than the speed of light <laughs> in order to get anything. I, I Stop it. Imagine one of my nice out. thoughts again. Yeah. No one has ever thought Sounds about like it. like that to Ed. He loves it. It's his happy thoughts. His happy thought just got even happier. I was just thinking, actually, this is like... <laughs> no one has ever considered this physics. No, it's pretty exciting. In the history yeah. of physics, and no one's ever... And you could get us into some labs to pose these questions. You couldn't get the straw across the event horizon. The problem no. with approaching the event horizon of a black hole mm-hmm. is when viewed from outside, time stops on the horizon. Right. So you never see anything fall in. What if we've discovered a black hole you can drink? Yeah. But then it's interesting about the whole time-stopping thing, yeah. about Guinness, because that's all about tick follows tock. Yes, if, if the glass. Well, talk, and good things come to those who wait. You'd have to wait a long You'd time. You'd have to wait a long time. It's time stopped. Yeah. So so if the glass of Guinness was the black hole, yeah. then yeah. you have to get your hand to it. Uh-huh. And as you move your hand towards the black hole, then from your vantage point, from your, then, then time slows down and it would freeze on the horizon. So I think you can't pick the glass up. If it's a black hole, we would even better pick it. Notwithstanding up. the fact it's very heavy, but we'll forget about that. Yeah. Even then, if you've got a place You'd on never the horizon reach where the... time stops, yeah. so you never reach it. So does that so... does the same apply for the person who's trying to draw the little shamrock in the foam on the top? Would they have a problem doing that? If they're inside the event horizon, yeah, with the Guinness, then no. But then from outside, you'd never know whether they'd done it. Would you drink it or not? Well, we haven't established that you could, could physically drink yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. If you could. We, we think there are physical problems. Yeah, I think it. physically you, ca- you can't. But so, the sound of things. Yeah, I think I think we're going to have to say... The white wine? Knowing what we know about Einstein's theory of general relativity, yeah. then, then yeah, you're not going to be able to drink a black hole. Yeah. yeah. I suppose you could ingest a small enough one. But as I said, it would evaporate away very quickly. I think you can drink it. small enough. New cocktail. Yeah. It's Ooh. called a plug-in baby. <laughs> Still thinking about music. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let's let's go for a glass of champagne, shall we? Yeah. Let's, let's, why not? Let, let's, let's it's make a, this but it's less good to consider these things, isn't it? Yeah. And work we've out whether they're possible. Yeah, we've learned a lot about relativity. Any particular type of champagne? I would go for a Dom Runar because I like Runar because mm. it's 100% Chardonnay, Blanc de Blanc. I would go for the vintage Runar, which is Dom Runar, and I'd probably go for 2008. This is good. This is good. We've never had this specific yeah. choice again it's weird every time brian mentions something that's like time related like he used to make 2008 i'm just like there must be a scientific reason why it's too no it, it, i guess it was, with it was vintages, a good year yeah if it's if it's a good year and it's a good vintage <laughs> yeah. i suppose that is a, a scientific reason in a way because so many things have to coincide to make it a good vintage for wine right yeah i, I once to talk to a winemaker and they said that the grape is the means by which the season and the land talk to you oh i love that which is beautiful so it's the landscape, but also the season. Did it rain in late August and what's yeah. the season like? And all the messages are in there. And then the wow. yeah, the grape and the wine are the medium by which they talk to you. I love it. I think it just seems to be other jobs, like scientists or like the, the, this vineyard owner or whatever. They're just they so much happiness and joy in it. And we're You're, comedians yeah. and it's just awful. As, as ever, you speak for yourself. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Your dream dessert. Black hole gatto. 
I can't oh. get it. Same problem though, Ed. Yeah, I, sorry. I, I think you wouldn't be able to even pick it up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. And I don't like dessert too much, actually. I don't like okay. sweet so much, but I like dark chocolate. How dark are we talking? Very. Dark. 100%? Very. Dark Not matter. quite. No, I, I go for about 80. Nice. Dark so, matter. Dark matter. Yes. Yeah. We don't know if that exists. We suspect mm. it does. The, the Large Hadron Collider just switched on, actually, again. And it's now looking for dark matter. Really, seriously. trying to, Because we thought we'd have discovered it. That dark matter is something that we think is out there in the universe because we see its gravitational effects. Uh-huh. And so we're pretty convinced there's something out there which is a kind of particle, a subatomic particle that we haven't yet discovered. And we thought LHC at CERN would discover it, but it hasn't done. But we're switching on again with much more capability. So that's one of the things at the top of the list. Do you ever worry things. there's some things you just shouldn't go looking for? Like what? Because you'll wake something up and it'll be evil. Dark matter seems yeah. to me leave that stuff well alone. Yeah. No, but if it hadn't been there, assuming it's there, so we're pretty sure it is. Uh, assuming it's there, then it was. It played a central role in the formation of galaxies in the early universe. Yeah. So we wouldn't exist. Yeah, but it doesn't it want to be found. Mm-hmm. You can't find it. Well, it's Might. just a, it's just a particle though, so it doesn't, mm, it doesn't have wants. It feels like but, it's going to be a venom situation. Uh, yeah. And addressing Ed's original question, what if it is evil? Well, it can't, it's like saying, what if a grain of sand is evil? Good yes. point. Well, it isn't, yes. is it? Well, let's we'll answer that then. Well, it's not. It's a grain well, of sand. It's got no no consciousness, no mm. nothing. It's just a, <laughs> a grain of sand. So dark matter would be like very small grains of sand. So if, there's no possibility at all that it could be evil. So we can what, what rule if, that out. What if you're in a lab, right? <laughs> and one of the scientists is looking in the microscope yeah. at some sands that you've got from the yeah. beach. And they look up and they, their face is ashen white. And you're like, everything okay? And they went, Brian, this sand is not like any sand I've seen in my life before. And you say, what, what are you talking about? And say, this is, there is evil in this sand. It is evil. And they say that to you. Yeah. What's next step? Uh, sack for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw them out. Fair enough. Everything. And every scientific society they're a member of, just throw them out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then we know from films they're the ones that are right. Yeah, Jeff and everyone Goldblum. else. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, Goldblum, Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, life finds yeah. a way. Do you agree with that? That uh, yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, actually. Uh, well, interestingly, so well, we'll, Mars is a good a good question because we we think that life may have begun on Mars uh-huh. three and a half billion years ago because the conditions were right, and we're pretty certain that it. it probably isn't there today we're pretty certain it wouldn't be we tend to look for signs that life existed but it's in, it's interesting that we do think there may be water subsurface mm-hmm. and if there is then that life finds a way you know it does seem that if life can survive then it will that does seem to be the case yeah. so maybe maybe uh, I, I go with life finds a way that's not anything to do with sand being evil though is it because uh, life sand isn't alive because mm. it's sand. Okay. So, but evil is like a, it's a force, it's a force, isn't it? Just, just mm. like no, gravity it's a, is. It's a property of living things, isn't it? A property of consciousness. Spirit. Mm. No. I'm, I'm vice versa. Yeah. No. I'm either way on this. 
yeah. I see your point, you, Brian. You and I, see, I see James. You brought it up. Well, how, how come it's me versus Brian now? <laughs> I, I'm back. I'm yes and in your thing. But he hasn't got a point for what, a laugh. What, what? No, I'm saying what if because dark matter clearly doesn't want to be found. What, so no, what if we? Do, are you worried? No, I'm, I'm, want. Are I'm you, objecting to the use of the term want. But have have we found it? Well, that's not because it doesn't want to be found, is it? Because it can't want. But what if it is just, like venom? It's yeah. a basic, it's just a subatomic particle. So okay. subatomic particles don't want anything. Yeah, they don't want to be found. No, they don't. They, they don't there's no such concept as want, is it? It's just a, it's a, a basic building block of matter. What if you touch it and it goes all the way up your arm and then you're yeah, evil? Yeah, goes up your arm and now you're evil. Well, it wouldn't do that. As you know, you've not found it. No, because it's a subatomic matter. So, what if you find it so, and it is evil and then you've unleashed that on the world? Look, See, let's just go. Let's just think about a grain of sand because it's easier to visualize, yeah, which yeah. is a lot of subatomic particles, right? So, yeah. in principle, a grain of sand has got more possibilities open to it than just a single subatomic mm. particle. So, they're more likely to be evil than the dark matter. No, even then, you go, someone go and get a grain of sand yeah. and have a look at it and see if you think it's got sufficient complexity to, um, well, to be to be as intelligent as you. Uh-huh. But what if they were all? Loads of sand, not just one grain. Yeah, loads of sand. Yeah. And also, the, the I, I'm gonna just just, just tiptoe back a, a little bit. Uh, I've never had the phrase "as intelligent as you" said with such stank. <laughs> well, I was there was a real I you, 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 you put a real spin on that when I you put some... it as, as, as intelligent as you. Yeah, fair enough. I thought someone had pick it up. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's in, it, you're comedians. It's an open net, that isn't it? <laughs> And, and you didn't go. You didn't go for it. Yeah. I'm yeah, just worried yeah. about oh, the sand. In all honesty, it is quite worrying. It's a good question. So you could ask. So look at a human brain. Mm. Yeah. So that's a collection of remarkably a collection of atoms and molecules that can think. So you could ask, how complex does something have to be to have that property? I mean, we we as I said, it's pro. It, it's a reasonable assumption that nowhere else in the Milky Way galaxy. Are there collections of atoms that can think? Because it's a big ask. Yeah, it's mm. astonishing. But all these things that you're talking about, so so evil or yeah. love or fear or science or music and art, all those things are things that emerge from these remarkable collections of atoms. Mm. So you could ask the question: <laughs> How much stuff do you need, and how complex does it have to interact together to produce those what we call emergent properties? The answer is we don't we don't know. It's one of the great questions. So, so it's not an entirely stupid question to say yeah. if grains of sand could interact with each other, <laughs> and you could you could build them into some enormous structure that could process information. Spider-Man. Too. Then would yeah. would it become? Yeah, there is a Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman. I think that's a scientifically inaccurate. Thomas well. Church. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think someone should have said something. I was a consultant on a science fiction film once oh, yeah? with uh, da- Danny Boyle. Going back to Danny Boyle. And the Beatles film. So he oh, directed a film called Sunshine. Yes, I love Sunshine. Well, the direct, the commentary, the that. audio commentary on the Sunshine DVD is me. Is it? Yeah, well, and got, that was years ago. DVD. I want to go home and listen to yeah, it. See, so you never listen to those com- commentary. Yeah. I, I did yeah. a commentary, and then Danny, Danny did a commentary, and so and that was before I'd been on telly or anything. It actually, it was the first thing I'd done. Some, uh, Horizon, which is one of the, the old, you know, on BBC Two, yeah. it was years ago. So, so it was the first one I'd done, and they saw it. Danny saw it and thought. You know, he, he looks a bit like this this character that I've got in Sunshine, which is the Killian Murphy character, yes. how he envisaged him to be. Uh-huh. So they got in touch and said, do you want to come and work That's on the so film? That's so cool. And so I, I did I work on the film. film and I did the commentary. 
It's a great film. I think it's an underrated masterpiece. It is. It is underrated. I think just because it's like at the end it changes genre and yeah. that always people people uh, find that difficult in films. Yeah. But it's great. Well, Alex Garland wrote it. He wrote 28 Days Later. Yeah. The Beach. The most great films. Directed his own brilliant films as well. Did Ex Machina. Ex Machina is a fantastic film. Isn't fantastic. It? Here we go. Now we're all on the same page. We've yeah. changed genre right at the end of the podcast. We've changed genre right at the end of the podcast. It's a film podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to get to the bottom of this dessert, though. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. How would you like this dark chocolate presented? And also, don't feel like you have to have a dessert. If you don't want anything sweet for dessert, there's always other options. I also like um, cheese on toast for dessert. Oh, what the fuck? That happens. Do you want... In certain restaurants. A rare bit. A rare nice bit, rare yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. St. John, a fantastic restaurant, is has a wonderful rare bit yeah. on the dessert menu. Yeah, and I like that. I often go that way, actually, because I don't like sweet things. Yeah. So I often go for the rare bit. Well, this is the dream restaurant. If you if you want to have a lovely bit of rare bit. Rare bit with, yeah, Worcester sauce on it. Yeah, lovely. Uh-oh. <laughs> what? Is it? <laughs> James is our uh, resident dessert head, and he doesn't like it when people pick something savoury for dessert. No. <laughs> <laughs> After all that chat... <laughs> about what isn't isn't evil. <laughs> Let me tell you, Brian Cox, a savoury dessert, <laughs> scientifically evil, and anyone who orders one falls into that category as well. You and that rabbit <laughs> may as well have been touched by the venom that you don't want to find in space. <laughs> Oh, no, the, uh, the rare bit can't be evil. We've gone through this. Yeah, it's not, it is it's evil, not, Brian. It's not sentient. The no, no one <laughs> thinks that rare bit is sentient. You can't have a conversation with cheese on toast. You Sometimes can't. it feels like the, the cheese is so mature it's having a chat with you. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't even joke. This is someone just ordered cheese on toast as a dessert. I think it's amazing. No one's ever ordered cheese on toast before. This is, to make it even more savory. This is perfect. I love this. We're sat here. Listen, can we, we, have, we can have sat we... here and we have indulged this man <laughs> in every crackpot theory he's been throwing up at us. <laughs> I've drawn a line and cheese on toast for dessert. I have grinned and bared it through every single thing he's gone on about. None of it made any fucking sense. <laughs> I do not let this go. What happens if we go sweet for for the starter then? What if we, I mean, is that... What, we're we making that salmon swim through sugar now? That's something that's, <laughs> yeah. that's gone through enough. Is that even worse? I, I just, I, I want to well, make that, it that would, that would, I'd feel better about that if the starter Are we changing changed the starter again? again? No, 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 no. Let, let's, 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 let's stick, stick, let's, you stick yeah. to your guns, Brian, you know. I tell you what, I tell you what, Brian, if there's one of your courses that should be shat on... <laughs> <laughs> Is this I can't, and I can't stress enough. I'll Brian was never shitting onto the I'm potatoes. I'm going to squat over this. You're going to fertilise it, are you? Yeah, I'm going to fertilise it. I hope you like it fertilised. What's the other one with the dates with with the the bacon wrapped around it? What's that called? Devils on horseback. Devils on horseback. Yeah. yeah. Devils on horseback. Evil. Evil. I mean, yeah. The clue to the name, Brian. The devil's there. God. Right. I'm going to read your menu back to you now. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Sparkling water, poppadoms uh, for poppadoms or bread. Starter, we've settled on Martian smoked salmon, uh, but shout out, honourable munching to the chips, uh, in, chips. In, 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 the, the chips. Main course, steak and kidney pudding, chips and gravy from the Oldham, Oldham chip shop. Side dish of mushy peas. Drink, 2008, Dom, Dom, Dom Runa. Runa <laughs> champagne. Goes very well with yeah, the steak and kidney pudding. Yeah. Many a sommelier will say that. <laughs> and the dessert. Proof. 
that you don't have to be sentient to be evil. <laughs> Rabbit with Worcester. I can't even believe I'm reading that. <laughs> this is a man of science. He's <laughs> chosen to save Truly. me for a dessert. He goes on about all the laws of the universe. Yeah. And he has a savoury dessert. This is, I mean, for me, this is great ammo. Our smartest guest ever picks cheese for dessert. Oh, it is. You're playing into his hands. This is a constant debate on the podcast. And now here's the go. Brian Cox said, have a savoury dessert. It's going to make... Oh, you've got to be joking. I'll go for a sauterne with it. This is the worst one that could have happened. Will that make him feel better if I had a sauterne with it? Yeah, that might make you feel a bit better. Sauterne, a dessert dessert one. The best dessert one. No, it doesn't make me feel better. Tokai. Tokai? No, it's just... I'm just going to have to live with this for a while. I'm going to have to think a lot about it. It feels bad. Yeah. Didn't see it coming at the end there. I loved it. Oh, you loved it. It's magnificent. I saw it coming on the horizon. Goddamn rabbit. <laughs> I cannot believe that's the dessert. Brian, quickly before we go, um, Daro Brin says you're friends. Is that true or is he lying? No, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> yeah. Be honest. No, is he? How Dara often is that to be bringing you up and going like, please be my friend? <laughs> We we had such great time. Stargazing live, it was just a great fun thing to do. Yeah, you know every time every time we see him, he's like, "Oh, Brian Cox." No, he doesn't stop talking about you, and you've not mentioned him once. We've had to to bring him up to you. Yeah, but right at the end, I gave you enough chance to bring him up. He's on this podcast. Benitez as the edit was mainly editing out him talking about you all the time. I was really hoping to make fun of him more, but you're, you're too nice for that, Brian. Yeah, yeah, trying to get you to make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for coming to the Dream Restaurant, Brian. Yes, thank you, Brian. It's, I'd like to say it was a pleasure, but the end, it soured at the end, didn't it, with the, 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 the rabbit? Yeah. I messed it up. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely livid. <laughs> thank God we're heading towards the centre of a black hole and time will soon be over. <laughs> Right, we ruined that. We had a great opportunity to chat to huh? a genuinely clever, intelligent man, one of the one of the science minds of our generation, James. Yes. And we ruined it, didn't we? No. We asked what people are too afraid to ask scientists. We got the proper questions. That proper stuff, answers. I wasn't messing around about that stuff about dark matter. It's called dark matter. Why are we fucking around with it? I think it's about time scientists addressed evil. Yes. And you can tell he was shook. Yeah, he was shook. He was shook when we were asking him about it. He was shook to his molten core. Yeah. I, I think we did a good job there. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry. I was just worried. you got to ask the big questions. Yeah. We asked him. Yeah. And it's not our fault. He couldn't give us a definitive answer. Yes. But he likes that, apparently. He likes not knowing stuff because it means there's yeah. always stuff to discover, yes. which I liked. He didn't say Space Raiders. No, so we didn't, we didn't kick him out. No, we didn't kick him out. Good. Uh, don't forget to go and see Brian Cox on his World Arena Tour. Where can people find out about that, James? BrianCoxLive.co.uk Go and Horizons check. is what the show is called. Go and check a it 21st out. 21st century space odyssey to take audiences on a dazzling cinematic journey. Very exciting. And, and as you heard him say, there's going to be stuff added to the tour as it goes along as yes. well. As new science is released. New material, baby. Yeah. And con- comics are doing new material... It can oh, be quite scary. When would, scientists are doing new material, it's the, it's the best stuff. I wouldn't do it on this tour, though. I'd save it for my next tour. Yeah? Yeah. Stupid to do new material on a current tour. Yeah, Wasting it. Do, do, do that in the pubs. Yeah, exactly. Do that in the pubs and clubs. Can update people on the new science, you know, <laughs> at the Bill Murray or something. Yeah, then save it for the O2 when it's, you've honed it. <laughs> I'm on tour, of course, as well. I take people on a journey through uh, space and time. 
You do. In, in, my, show, in my show Electric. Uh, well, yeah, in that they walk in to a space and I, I'm on for some time. Yeah. Uh, come and see me anyway. Edgamble.co.uk for details. Big shows all over the place. And please get my book, James Acaster's Guide to Quitting Social Media, Being the Best You, you Can Be and Curing Yourself of Loneliness, Volume 1, wherever you get your books. Thank you very much to people who've been sending us stuff. We've had some lovely uh, lovely food from some wonderful food producers, including, rather appropriately for this episode, James, yeah. Dark Matters Brownies. Mad. Mad that we didn't remember that during the episode. Actually. We should have told him. We spent all this bloody See time looking thinks. for it. We've been sent it, mate. Yeah, we've already got some in the kitchen. Well, let me tell you, it's not evil. It's, yeah. br- it's brownies. It's not evil, mate. You should go through and get some. Dark Matters Brownies, of course, sent us some because Kiri uh, had Dark Matters Brownies on her dream menu. Thank you, Kiri. Thank you, Kiri. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Maybe we'll get sent some actual Dark Matter from the Cosmos. Oh, wow. Brian Cox mentioned it. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Some space treats. But then it would attach itself to us. And then we turn into Venom. With venom. Yeah, that's what I took from the conversation. Yep. Speaking of stuff that we've got because guests have shouted it out. Yeah. Buxton shouted out. Adam Buxton shouted out goo desserts. Goo. We've got a bunch of thems. Yes, please. Great. I felt like I was living at my mum's again. That was our treat. Yeah. Goo desserts. Oh, was it? When I saw she bought the goos. I, I thought like, your your mum's treats were putting muffins in the freezer. Uh, no, in that, the, was in the freezer that was later on. That was later on when we were both trying to be healthy. <laughs> and she bought some mini white chocolate and lemon muffins. And then she was like, no, we're just going to eat these too quickly, put them in the freezer, and then we worked out they're just as delicious if you eat them rock hard. <laughs> <laughs> the goo's great, though. Absolutely yeah. great. Love the goo. Love the ramekins. Thank yeah. you. And also treat kitchen sweets. They're very nice. I've been picking at them in the office. Yeah. Uh, little sneakily when you guys aren't looking. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, li- I like them a lot. Why do you think you have to hide this from us, James? Well, because it's, you know, I, I you'll look at me and roll your eyes and go, oh, there, of course he is. Yeah, it just, so it doesn't, it's not a shock to me. It's not a surprise. No, but that's what I'd rather surprise people and then shock them and have to go, oh, <laughs> there he is, eating the, eating the sweets out of in the corner. But they're nice. You like them? Yeah, very nice. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another scintillating episode of the Off Menu Podcast. A universe of food. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and you just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.